listening to the WDYM, the What Do You Mean podcast. Now everyone gather around and listen to one of Hamilton's best podcasts. No research to back this up. Your host, Michael Gillespie. And welcome back to the WDYM. I'm your host, Michael Gillespie, as Kobe said. Hope you guys are doing good. Hope everybody's doing well today uh today's episode we're going to do something um that is kind of light to dark if you can get get what i'm saying uh we're going to do three stories all from the news of as of recent events um again going from light to dark uh a little bit of own what do you mean type medicine if you get what i'm saying i'm gonna read the article and i'm gonna ask you questions of what do you mean the first story is basically a humorous story, and then from there, we don't. It is it's not funny, but funny at the same time. Without further ado, the first one's from the AP. A group promoting plant-based eating wants a new name for the Macon Bacon baseball team. Real quick, ten points if you could tell me what state this is from. Yes, you've guessed it. It's good old Georgia. Without further ado, a doctor's group that promotes plant-based eating and animal rights is making a fuss over the Macon Bacon baseball team. The Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine has sent a letter urging the Georgia Summer Collegiate team to change its name. The group has also sponsored a billboard employing Macon fans to keep bacon off your plate. Macon's Bacon's glorification of bacon a processed meat that raised the risk of caloric cancer and other diseases sends the wrong message to fans. Ann Herbie, the group's nutrition educational program manager, wrote to the team's president. The Macon Bacon had its first season in the Coastal Plains League in 2018 after the name was chosen by the fans. The team's mascot, Kevin, won over Footloose actor Kevin Bacon, who once wore a Macon Bacon hat in an Instagram post. And it's not just the name. The ballpark concession menu includes bacon-wrapped bacon, steak-cut bacon, bacon-loaded cheese fries, and bacon chips. The Washington-based Physician Committee advocates for plant-based diets and scientific research without animal testing. Herbie's letter dated 1 June suggests the team change its name to the Macon Facon Bacon, referring to the plant-based bacon. The team's president, Brandon Ralph, said the Macon Bacon name and brand have been embraced by the fans for their lighthearted and playful nature. He also noted ballpark concessions include a plant-based option. The Macon Bacon do not view them ourselves as a glorification of an unhealthy lifestyle, Ralph's statement said. Rather, we pride ourselves on being a fun-natured organization focused on bringing families communities together in the middle of Georgia and beyond. So, yeah, the first story is all about bacon. And it's hilarious that this group has wrote has wrote for a basically a minor baseball minor league baseball team to change his name because of the, of the, of the name and then of the hell unhealthy choice of eating bacon. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something from my point of view. Being in the culinary field for all this time, 
You cannot pry bacon out of a dead man's hand. Everybody I know loves bacon. Everybody. Old people, young people, fat people, skinny people. Bacon is king here in America. Now, hearing how cancerous it could be, that should maybe change people's mind, right? But the idea of taking bacon... It's hilarious to go as far as write the baseball team to, to suggest a name change to the making faking bacon. <laughs> you are not prying bacon. Out of let alone that name, out of that team, out of the people. Yeah, you. They, ha- they even they even countered this. Yeah, we have a plant based option too. I wonder what it is. Probably just bread, because you know, you know that they're offering so much bacon that it's ridiculous. So, story one: the making bacon uh, baseball team. Story number two involves an individual uh, named Cameron Robbins. Cameron Robbins is a young man who decided to jump off a cruise ship and has gone missing since then. And it's led to believe that um, that he may have been eaten by sharks to the article. The U.S. Coast Guard have suspect, suspended a search for the missing Louisiana teenager who reportedly jumped off a boat on a dare during a high school graduation trip to the Bahamas. Let's pause it there. You are a young man, 18 years old, getting ready to go to college. You're in the Bahamas. And someone asks you, hey, bro, I dare you to jump off a cruise ship. Cameron Roberts, 18-year-old, was celebrating with, his, with students from University High Lab School in Baton Rouge when he fell from the Blackbird's Revenge Sunset Cruise at roughly 11.30 on Wednesday. A massive two-day operation conducted by the Royal Bahamas Defense Force and the U.S. Coast Guard using helicopters, surveillance aircrafts failed to yield any trace of the teenager, and the search was called off on Friday, the Coast Guard said in a statement. Robbins has arrived in Bahamas with students from the high school on for a graduation holiday for a few hours, just a few hours before he disappeared. His parents said witness told the local news site that Robbins was acting on a dare when he fell from the boat. The Royal Bahamas police force said in an investigating investigating these claims. Robbins fell from the boat near again, Athol Island, northeast of Nassau, Excuse me if I'm saying it wrong. The U.S. Guard reports video obtained show the show the teenager splashing in the water and swimming alongside the boat before disappearing. The cruise ship, which is designed to look like a pirate ship, searched for several hours for the missing student. Witnesses told the news site. Robin's family flew out to the Bahamas on Thursday, and in a statement, the family said. We want to thank the Bahamas government, the U.S. Coast Guard, uh, the United Cajun Navy, the Congressman 
Garrett Grace for everything they could have done for us. In this time of grief, we thank our family, friends, and well wishes for granting us the privacy we need to properly remember our son and mourn his loss. Friends and school teachers gathered at University High Lab Schools, which in which in run by LSU's College of Human Sciences and Education, gathered for a prayer circle at the school last week. Robbins High School baseball coach Justin Morgan said, a fierce competitor who played third base and pitcher. Kevin George, the director of LSU's College of Human Sciences and Education, told the network interview that Robbins was, had attended the school for 13 years. He's a great athlete, great kid, great smile, great head of hair. Just one of the kids you're proud of when they cross the stage. So all the promise in the world is instantly gone on a dare. Now, you may think that this is harsh and everything. And um, Darwinism is in full effect here. And unfortunately, it is because what would make anybody anybody jump off a cruise ship at 1130 at night nobody can see you when it's dark and i'm sorry there's no illumination in the water okay um this is titled this is what i'm giving this one man this one is a i mean come, come on, on man, man. <laughs> I mean, come on man hey, that's awesome. hey. ladies and gentlemen of the wdym what do you mean you're going to jump off this God-blessed boat just for on a dare? Again, this is not, this is not like I'm doing this for comedic purposes. I'm not. I'm not. But this is some of the, this is educational and informational. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't jump from cruise ships. We don't. Even on a dare. Imagine, imagine someone saying, hey, dude, I dare you to jump off a cruise ship. Like, who are you talking to? Like, that, that, I would want to fight. I would want to fight somebody if they said that to me. No, I'm not jumping off a cruise ship. For what? And there's no money, there's not enough money in the world for me to jump off a cruise ship at 1130 at night. For what? For what? People, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do better than this. Like, I know, I know, like, we like to prove ourselves and be macho and, you know, I, I'm a man and you ain't, gonna, you know, you ain't going to dare this on me and I'm not going to do it. You're going to call me a chicken. Call me a ch- call me a chicken. I will cluckety cluck cluck for you. We know better than to jump off of cruise ships. Or so I thought. So, again, um. Uh, Apologies go to the Robbins family because this is a tragic moment. And I hope people take this as a learning tool of what not to do when it comes to cruise ship etiquette. We don't jump off. We don't jump off cruise ships. Last time I checked, when you go on a cruise ship, you're supposed to relax, enjoy your time, and not be dared to jump off cruise ships. I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. Don't, if anything, do not jump off cruise ships, okay? The last one, the last one is the, uh, the Ocean Gate submarine. Um, I want you to hear this interview, and we will pause at certain junctures of this episode. 
to make you think, what would you do in this situation? So, again, we're going to listen to it. We're going to pause. And then we're going to react to each and every incident that happened on this, this tragedy. This is the one-of-a-kind carbon fiber Titan submersible missing in the dark waters of the North Atlantic with five people on board since Sunday. There could have been an accident. It could have become entangled in the wreckage of Titanic. It could indeed have had a catastrophic failure. The answer is we don't know just yet. Contact with the sub was lost nearly two hours into its dive to the Titanic, 700 kilometers south of the coast of Newfoundland in Canada. It is... Okay, so number one, what is the... What is the, why are people so enthralled with the Titanic? Um, Mind you that this ship has been in the water since 1912, I believe. Um, Again, are you interested in the Titanic? I am not. I've seen the movie one time, and that's all I need to see. There's no... Nothing new is happening for a ship that's been in the ocean since 1912. But let's continue. Challenge to conduct a search in that remote area. Crews scouring both the surface and waters nearly 13,000 feet deep. There aren't many submersibles that are capable of going to these depths. It's harder to go to that depth than it is to go to the moon. The sub is just seven meters long. Okay. So, again, we're pausing because we're doing education and information. He said, this expert said, it's harder to do this deep sea expedition than to go in space. What do you, what do you mean this is hard? Let's continue. And typically carries 96 hours of emergency oxygen. This is essentially a leisure craft. It'll have some spare air and some in compressed bottles, which will enable it to do an emergency surfacing, but it'll only last for so long. Tourists pay almost $400,000 to Ocean Gate Expeditions for this. You hear that? There's two things you probably noticed. One said 96 hours of oxygen. So that is four days, four days of oxygen with, well, I think it was seven people. I think seven people were in this, this thing and you're sharing four days of oxygen. Let's, let's just add the possibilities of a panic attack. Someone has a panic attack and they breathe in more air than they should. Guess what? You don't now, you now you have to three and a half days of oxygen and they're paying godly amounts of of money just to do this again the ship has been there since 1912 nothing new is going on with this ship why are people doing this the chance to see the world's most famous shipwreck up close the once in a lifetime opportunity to be a specially trained crew member safely diving to the titanic wreckage site Feared missing a British billionaire, the founder of Ocean Gate itself, a French explorer, and a Pakistani father and son. The search is as complex as it is vast. The seabed is very undulating. Titanic herself lies in a trench. There's lots of debris around, so trying to differentiate with sonar in particular is going to be very difficult indeed. And with their oxygen supply dwindling by the hour, it's a race against time. 
CBS reporter David Pogue travelled in the Titan submersible last year. David, you've actually been on this vessel. What was it like and, and why were you on it? Okay, before David starts, let's uh, rewind to the person who's a billionaire and this Ocean Gate person who's charging almost what? Um, four, I think he said 400000 just to make this journey to the bottom of the sea. You're a billionaire. If you are a billionaire in this world, that means, in my mind, you're smart, right? You you have succeeded in life. Either it's a hand-me-down from your family or you have done something so remarkable that you have been given billions of dollars. And this is the be- this is what you want to do. This is what you 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 want to go down and to the ocean floor. You can't attach a camera to this and then like okay, go down there and look via camera. How are you that bored of for a billionaire to just want to do this? Uh, I'm a TV journalist here in the states, and I was invited to do a story about this remarkable company, OceanGate, that was taking tourists down to see the Titanic for 250,000 US dollars a person. So it was a cameraman and a producer and me. And uh, it, was, it was a real adventure, which is the whole point. The submersible itself is a, it's a cylinder about the size of a minivan. And it has titanium dome end caps on either end to, to seal you in. No chairs, no benches. You're just sitting on a flat floor with your back against the curved wall. From your now, does that sound like if I'm paying that much money to go underwater to go see the Titanic, I'm going to be in a cylinder, titanium on both ends, and I'm in a cylinder. I can't get like some kind of Star Trek vessel. Again, I'm I'm paying that much money, and I can't get something that is comfortable i don't i i'm trying to find a reason why i me michael would do this and i still have not found that reason yet knowledge and experience of it can you offer any insight as to how this particular vessel now may have become lost i mean it's obviously an enormous area that it's traversing well, they, they weren't even on the sea floor yet when they lost contact with the ship up above. There is no GPS underwater. There's no regular radio. So the, the submersible driver has to operate based on short text messages from the ship on the surface. And there are pings every 15 minutes that the sub makes that say, I'm here. But an hour and 45 minutes into the dive, both of those signals stopped. So that could mean that the power was gone, or it could mean a catastrophic implosion of of the submersible. Both are very, very bad. If it was a power... Okay, so again, where is the... Where's the person on the inside saying, hey, did you ping the ship yet? Did you ping the ship yet? Hey, bro, did you ping the ship yet? Hey, man, did you ping that ship yet? No? Get me out of here. Go back up. We ain't doing this. This is not. Nope. This ain't for me. Where is? Where are all these? Again, you have a billionaire on the ship. Billionaire is supposed to be smart. You got all this money for a reason. Well, at what point you should be like, yo, 
we're not doing this. Cancel. Abort. Maybe they're at this moment floating on the surface because one thing I, I did admire about this submersible is there are six or seven different ways to get back to the surface. I mean, there's various forms of ballast that they can let go. There are propellers that can push up. There's an airbag they can inflate. So there are many ways to get to the surface, surface even if the power goes out. So even if that is the case, there's obviously a lot of risks involved in the whole thing. Did they talk you through what the risks are? Yes, they, they make it very clear. This is, uh, they, they say right up front, this is not for tourists. This is for adventurers and risk takers. Um, you do sign a waiver that outlines, no kidding, 10 different ways that you could get killed. Uh, you hear that? You hear that? You hear that? 10 different ways you can die. Again, I'm going to rehash what the main topic of today is, that there is a billionaire on this boat, ship, submarine, and not at one point where they say, hey, man, by signing this waiver, you can die. You can die by this. You can die by that. 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 Die by that. Die by that. Die by that. Ten times, ladies and gentlemen, I don't need ten reminders. You may die. You listening don't need ten reminders that you may die before you be like, "Yo, I'm good. I'm gonna take my billions of dollars and go do something else." Not the case here. I don't I don't understand. What do you mean? What do you mean you got on this thing and thought it was a good idea? You might get killed on the ship. You might get killed getting into the sub and so on. Um, so you are you are well aware of the risks. And how did you feel about all of that? Uh, I honestly did not sleep a wink the night before what was to be our dive. Uh, I just thought this is a completely unknown for me, on the other hand, intellectually, I told myself they've been operating for three summers, and each summer they go out for five of these week-long expeditions, and they've they've never had an accident, never had a death or even an injury. So do you think it's all worth it to see the Titanic? Um, the dive that I was to make to the Titanic was aborted after only 37 feet down. Uh, then they had a mechanical problem, and they returned to the surface. They, they take you for five days at a time to the Titanic. So in theory, the paying customers have five chances to get down to see it. The people who did make it down, they say it was worth every penny. They, they say it was life-changing. So David- Okay, so the reporter who did this prior to this incident, they got 37 feet before the mission was aborted. 37 feet. And, uh, it was aborted. So, therefore, do you do you see the problem here? At 37 feet, it was aborted. They had no shot at surviving this thing. This is sad, man. This is really sad in my book. Based on everything you know, how hopeful are you of a positive outcome? I mean, if if the sub is still underwater, I would say the odds are very low. Even if we could find them underwater, which is almost impossible, how do we get them out? You can't open the hatch under the sea. The pressure would kill you. And uh, there are only perhaps three submersibles in the world 
that can go to 2.4 miles down Titanic depth. And they are all much like this submersible, which is to say, very small, very low power. You are not going to tow this submersible back to the surface with one of these other submersibles, even if you could get one mobilized in time. It, it takes weeks to put one of these expeditions together. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure how we would get them out, even if we found them. So my best hope is that they're on the surface, alive, and we just need to find them. Let's hope so. David Pogue, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. So there you go. Uh, the Ocean Gate is a tragedy that has happened, and it was very unnecessary for it to happen. But I do have a sneaky suspicion that is very suspicious. You don't find that suspicious. You don't find that suspicious. You don't find that suspicious. Now, I credit the billionaire being smart, right? I think that when you have so many zeros in your bank account that you are smart. What if this billionaire and these people are running from somebody? What if they're trying to fake their death and run? If the test, if, if test, uh, previous operations, uh, missions have been aborted at 37 feet, you don't think that maybe, just maybe, they're hiding, they're faking their death to start a new life. You're a billionaire. Don't you think people out there, you have enemies at, at, at if you're at a billion dollars? You don't think you have enemies trying to exploit you or trying to uh, rob you or trying to do harm to you in some way? I mean, that's something to think about. I really do. I think that's something to think about. Maybe these people are on the run because you're not going to find any evidence. You're not going to find an ounce of evidence of their bodies or anything because the way they're saying that the ship imploded, there's nothing left. But again, you're a billionaire. Maybe you faked your death to escape and enjoy the rest of that money because we're not going to hear anything what happened. We're, us at this level, we're not going to hear any wills, what happened to his money or anything because, dude, I don't even know the person's name. I just know he's a British guy, right? So, the, the the theory that maybe he faked his death to avoid something, that, to me, is more logical than going to, going to see a ship that's been at the bottom of the ocean since 1912. Conspiracy theories, people. Let's give you something to think about and then always ask the question, <laughs> what do you mean, man? Do you think? Do you think they faked it? I mean, that's a good theory, man. I'm not. I'm not even going to downplay the theory. That is actually a genius idea if you're trying to escape with all your money. You never know. I'm your host, Michael Gillespie of the WDYM. Guys, thanks for tuning in. I will see you next time. I'm out. Boy Scout, Girl Scout, peace.